Mark. Thank you so much for coming on today. I would love if you could introduce yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Mark Anthony Powers. I retired after an almost 40 year career in medicine, um, specializing in pulmonary and critical care medicine. Uh, I retired five years ago and began taking classes in different things, a wide variety of things. And one of them was a class on, on writing novels. I, I never anticipated writing novels when I retired, but I've now written three that first draft ready. Uh, so that was a, a surprise and uh, it's been uh, quite a ride. Amazing. I would love if you could tell us more about what your books are about. Okay. Well, they're medical thrillers. Uh, the debut novel was set in 1998 and its main theme is about systemic racism. And it's more specifically the, the challenges, the extra burdens that are placed on uh, one of the characters who's a, a, an intern, a black intern. Uh, and his, one of his patients uh, in the intensive care unit, very, very critically ill man with uh, a rare case of tetanus um, and whose son is a, is a racist. And when the old, older man is not doing well for mysterious reasons, the threats from the racist son escalate. Uh, there's in that novel. There's also lots of beekeeping. Uh, one of the things that I I've been a beekeeper for a while, but one of the things that I really increased my um, efforts on was in retirement was beekeeping, and I've become a certified master beekeeper. Um, so one of the characters in a swarm in May is actually a swarm of bees, and and the lessons that uh, the bees can teach us and. Uh, and they have a role in the novel, and that's all I'm going to say on that right now. But in regard to the racism, there's also uh, education about how the history of racism in America has been whitewashed. Uh, it's, it, there are comments about the uh, anti-vax movement. Uh, the, the birth of it, is, it was in 1998, and that's when the novel is set. Uh, and the first character you meet is the old, old man with tetanus. And he has tetanus because he just never got around to seeing a doctor and getting a vaccination. So um, that's an essence of the first book, uh, Swarm in May. The, the second novel I wrote, actually, it's the first one I wrote, is Breath and Mercy. Um, but I put it in the drawer because I wasn't satisfied with it. And then worked on it and worked on it, worked on it, cut about 50 pages out of it. Finally felt like it was ready to, to go. And so that, it was then published. And it actually starts in 1976 with the same protagonist, who's a medical student at this time. Uh, and he experiences death for the first time. And the rest of the novel um, is him coming to grips with, with when a death is expected and mercy should be shown to the patient and when when one should continue to make efforts to try to keep people alive. Um, he's tested when he's the, the main doctor covering an intensive care unit during a, an epic hurricane that paralyzes the city. And he has to make some very difficult decisions, which will haunt him and threaten him, his career, his family. And that's the, the rest of the book. Um, so that, that, uh, that book, spans about 10 years. It includes the birth of the AIDS epidemic 
in the early 1980s and, and uh, how our, our character um, is affected by that, trying to take care of those patients. Um, and then the book that uh, is being launched, uh, I realize it will be launched when this is played, when this uh, podcast is played, uh, is called Nature's Bite. And uh, it takes place in the near future. Uh, it uh, is climate change, there's uh, pollution, there's uh, toxins in the environment, there's more political polarization. Uh, the protagonist is at this point, same one as in the other novels, but he's an older man. And he's, his focus on that part of his career is, is a, he's researching a, a new drug for asthma because asthma has been getting more and more prevalent and more severe cases as the climate gets worse. And he is uh, put in contact with uh, another person who's going to help him with studying this drug, who's a young woman. Uh, and it turns out that they have a connection in the past that he doesn't know about. And it's a painful connection. And uh, that's a lot of the story. The other story is him and her being thrown together against their wills uh, in intrigue at the highest levels in the country and in, in pharmaceuticals. Um, and I'm going to say this, I think quite a climax that the reader will enjoy on that one. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. What inspired you to write your books? Um, part of it was, I, I would say the themes, you know, trying to, trying to write a, a medical thriller that uh, the reader will, will want to read because it's a mystery and it's a, a good ride, uh, but also tucked a, a lesson in there in the theme. Uh, and honestly, uh, I didn't really expect to write a book until I found out how much I enjoyed it. You know, I, I got up every morning and had coffee and sat down with my laptop and tried to make stuff up for a couple hours and then found it deeply satisfying. And, uh, and then early on, I uh, found some other people who were um, also writing novels and uh, we get together every two weeks and we read each other's works and critique each other, try to help each other. And, and they're really good writers. And so I've learned a lot from them. And I partly keep writing because I don't want to give up being part of that group because I enjoy it that much. Uh, so that, that is part of the reason why I've just written the first draft of a fourth novel and have ideas for a fifth. So I love that. When you were writing your books, who were you thinking of when it comes to who your books are for? Um, I, I think my books are for basically almost everybody there I mean, anybody who likes a, a a good plot driven book that moves along quickly uh that that has a message it can be for adults i i think it could be for young adults although i'm told you have to pick one or the other and so i i made them for for adults um there i realize that that from reading about uh, your podcast that uh, romance novels are are an interest of some many of your followers. Um, there's romance in, in mine. It, it's not the the main purpose, but the the protagonist has a uh, a romance with his his wife. Um, starts out 
interrupting her being attacked in the very first uh, scenes of in, in 1976. Uh, and then, uh, so there's romance there as well. Um, there's not, I'm not going to say there's graphic sex at all, uh, but there, there's love and there's romance, uh, and uh, hopefully it's it's uh, satisfying. Um, you know, I, a lot of medical people have been reading my stuff, and that's partly because they know me, and and, uh, and or they've heard from other people in the medical networks about my books. Uh, I would love to reach a broader audience because uh, I, there are a lot of people who are not medical who. Or when they read it, say, "Gee, I really like this." Uh, just got the re first review on Nature's Bite, and the person who who wrote it was uh, not a medical person, but she says she can't wait for another book to come out in the same series. So they're the three that are are out are, are series, same protagonist. Um, what else can I answer on that question? Um, who did I write these for? Uh, pretty much everybody, I think. Um, I didn't, I like to say I targeted specific audience, but I'm hoping it'll reach a very broad audience. No, it that's just, perfect. It, it, just needs, it just needs help be getting the word out. And that's perfect. When we started the podcast, like we, I personally read a lot of romance, but I do read across genres. We've interviewed people with business and all kinds of different genres, because even if the book's not for you, it might be for someone else that you know, and you can recommend the book if it's interesting to you, or you might pick up something new. So I love that you said that it could be for everybody. How long have you been writing? I've been writing novels for five years. Amazing. I took a year of creative writing in college. I, I was an engineer by major, um, but because I was at, at Cornell and they had some very famous writers at the time, Nabokov, you know, Thomas Pynchon was from there, Kurt Vonnegut was from there. I mean, it just, it was such a strong writing program. I thought, gee, while I'm here, I should take advantage of that. So I took a year of creative writing for which I wrote short stories and looking back on them, wow, um, they were pretty basic. Uh, <laughs> at that time in the seventies, it was, the effort was to just get people to be creative more than to get them to learn the craft of writing. Um, so, but I do look back, I'm, I'm glad I did that because uh, I think maybe that was, gave me more curiosity about writing later, more recently after I retired from medicine. Uh, it was one of the one of the things I wanted to do. I wanted to explore when I retired. You know, when you did what I did, you go 100 miles an hour. And when you retire, you can't go from 100 to zero. You've got to have things ready to do. And I had a variety of things ready to do just so that I, I, I wouldn't get whiplash from from stopping after a very, very busy career. I love that. What made you really sit down and start to write the novels? Um, you know, I, there are a lot of people that write medical thrillers, and there are a lot of great medical thrillers out there and great writers. Um, I think there's only a small percentage of them, though, that have actually experienced most of the things they're writing about. 
and I've experienced a lot, uh, having been in the trenches in the intensive care units and emergency rooms and, and uh, uh, in the pulmonary wards uh, for all those decades. Uh, so I've, I thought I should share some of my, I mean, they're not, my books are fiction, but I draw upon experience. And I, and I think I write it such that if somebody in my specialty read one of my books, they would say, yeah, you got the medicine right. You know, unlike the stuff you might watch on television, where a lot of it's very good. They have good um, expert advisors, but a lot of it's um, kind of made for TV. And uh, and that's I had to actually tone down some of my writing when I started. I made it too realistic. Uh, it wasn't for every reader, and I wanted I needed to make it more for every reader than just just for people who had a medicine background. So I think I've accomplished that because none of the people in my novelist group are medical. And the complaint of me being too medical has gone away over the years I've been writing with them. So I think I'm finally learning that. That's amazing. What's your schedule like when you're writing a book? Ideally, it's uh, get up in the morning, read the paper, while I have a couple cups of coffee and then sit down and write for two hours and then read what I've written and uh, make some edits and then say, well, okay, what tomorrow I'm going to go from here with this. That would, that's ideal. When you're publishing, your schedule just gets a big wrench thrown into it. You've got a, all the stuff you have to do. You have to approve this. You have to write blurbs. You have to write, um, Put stuff on social media. You, you've got uh, you got to write all kinds of stuff besides the plot. And uh, so, um, right now, it's a it's a mix of me trying to write on my fourth novel and trying to get everything just right for the launch of Nature's Bite, September 29th. Amazing. What do you need in your writing space to help you stay focused? Hmm. Um, I write, I, we have a library and I have a comfortable chair in there and it looks out into our front yard, which is a very idyllic scene. We have a, a pond with a little waterfall. We have lots of birds. We get visited by deer. Um, I, I like to sit and st look out the window and when I'm creating and, uh, and I like my comfortable chair and my laptop. And that's how I, that's how I write. I love that. That's amazing. What's your favorite writing snack or drink? Wow. I don't have a snack or drink while I'm writing. I try to get caffeinated before I start, but I would say that's about it. <laughs> I don't even eat breakfast. I just, I, I go, I, I go in there hungry and full of caffeine to, to type. I love that. That's super interesting. <laughs> what books do you enjoy reading? Oh, I read a lot of different things. Um, I just, uh, I'm, I'm reading Margaret Atwood right now. I've, I read Maggie O'Farrell recently. Um, I mostly read fiction. 
but the book clubs I belong to, half the time they want to read nonfiction. I just read a book about Neanderthals. I read another book about the migration from Asia to North America. Um, I, I read other mysteries. Um, Sarah Johnson uh, writes uh, mysteries, uh, forensic mysteries, and uh, she wrote one of my uh, endorsements for Nature's Bite, and I've, I've been reading some of her writing. Um, Kat Warren wrote another endorsement for me. She wrote a nonfiction book uh, about cadaver dogs, which was pretty interesting. Um, she, won a, she was a New York Times bestseller for that book. Uh, so I, I read a, a variety of things, although what I really like is I really like a good, good novel that moves right along, makes me eager to sit down with it in the evening and see what's going to happen. I love that. Are there any books or authors that inspired you to become a writer? Mm. Um, well, I think the classic authors, um, believe it or not, I, I, I really liked Melville when I read him. Um, I, I think I read everything he's written um, during the pandemic. I read War and Peace because I figured what other time are you going to read a book like that than during a pandemic when nothing's happening? Um, of course, I've mentioned Vonnegut and Pynchon and uh, you know, other fiction writers that write fun fiction. Uh, Tom Robbins is a lot of fun. Uh, he, I enjoyed his books. Um, Willa Cather. I, I sat down and read everything that Willa Cather wrote early in the pandemic because they were on the bookshelf in our library. And I said, gee, I haven't read those yet. And I read the first one and then I just read all of them. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, to, uh, sometimes you have to read a book for the book you're writing. So when I wrote A Swarm in May, um, I being an older white guy, I needed to do some research. I mean, I wrote it. The protagonist was an older, well, not an older. <laughs> in that book, he was a middle-aged white guy who realized how ignorant he was about systemic racism and how he, well, even though he was supposed to be teaching the black intern medicine, he was learning from the black intern about racism. So he had to admit his ignorance and, and learn about it. So I had to, learn also. So I, I read Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. Um, I read Black Man in a White Coat by Damon Tweedy. Cast um, by, um, right back here, Isabel Wilkerson. Sorry. Um, I took a class uh, called The Black Experience in America and read some pieces as part of that. Uh, we're very lucky where we live, and we have a uh, what what's called Ollie Osher Lifetime Learning Institute, Duke University. I retired from Duke. Duke University has one of the flagship Ollie uh, classes, and that's where I took most of the classes that I've been taking. And I've taken classes in a wide variety of things through them. Um, 
think I might have got off the subject on your question. Uh, <laughs> That's totally well, fine. It's an in, it's interesting for people to know that those resources are out there, so mm -hmm. that they can continue to read and learn more about it. So I love that you did go off and say that. Um, what books did you grow up reading? Did you have a favorite? <laughs> oh boy, when I was a little kid, the first thing I really devoured were the Hardy Boy mysteries. Um, my mother tried to make me read Huckleberry Finn when I was about eight. And that book is, I think for somebody a little older, because I came back and read Tom Sawyer and thoroughly enjoyed it a couple of years later. And I, it was a slog to get through Huckleberry Finn. Um, when I was in high school, I had a teacher. Oh, I'm trying to remember her name now. And her for once, for nine weeks, she, her whole fo focus was to get us to read books. And so she had a, a long, a broad list that had a lot of different books on it. Um, I read Grapes of Wrath. So um, that turned me on to Steinbeck, um, Isaac Asimov, um, you know, all, all books that were available in the 60s and 70s, because I mean, that's when I went to high school. Um, and she, all, all we had to do after we read the books was sit down and discuss it with her and, and, and write a paragraph about it. So it wasn't like we had to tear it apart like most of the English classes you take and analyze it. And it just made reading fun. Uh, it just just reading a book and then sitting down and just talking about it with somebody who'd read the book and, and uh, enjoyed it. It was, I think that's probably what got me started reading as a, as a kid. And I'm wishing I could remember her name now because that was a special nine weeks. Sounds amazing. Like something that is a great idea for teachers to do mm -hmm. nowadays. Yeah. I mean, there were so other periods where, you, you know, you're going to read Shakespeare, you're going to read Edgar Allan Poe, and then you've got to analyze it and you've got a, a comparative literature kind of analysis. But this was just read and have fun, enjoy it. Uh, and which is what you do later in life when you don't have assignments and papers. <laughs> yes, so true. On the opposite side of when you were younger, now as an adult, do you have a favorite series or author? Oh, man, I, I, I have gone through so many series as an adult. Um, you know, Tony Hillerman wrote the Navajo Mysteries. Um, I think right now there's a TV show that I haven't been able to get on my cable called Dark Winds, apparently based on on his his series those are fantastic um i used to read those when i would fly to a medical conference because you could start one on one coast and you'd finish it as you were touching down on the other coast and so they were just perfect for a cross-continental flight um it was a fun group of books that i read that somebody turned me on to once called the flashman series and flashman was a a British soldier who was a cad and a rogue and, and um, but, but an amusing character. And he wound up in all kinds of different famous historical situations around the world and during his lifetime. And so you got to read about the history of, of something like Little Bighorn, um, 
or the Boxer Rebellion in China or uh, the great game in the British in Afghanistan. And he's there. He's a character who's in, in the midst of all the action. So it's all fiction, but you get to read some of the history. So I enjoyed that series a lot. It was uh, it was written quite a while ago, so it's, it's not a modern novel by any means. But um, and, and the character in my novel, um, Dr. Phineas Mann, he winds up in some situations that um historically important uh, as well um, i'm not going to say i tried to be in, take inspiration from flashman but uh um i have to say that looking back on it well maybe putting phineas man in those situations might have come from that idea i don't know i love so, that what, what other series um like i just said i just read a, i think all of willa cather i've read a lot of barbara king solver um, she's a wonderful author. Um, nonfiction, I read Michael Pollan, good author. Um, talks about important topics. There's just so many good books out there. You just can't, you can't read them all, no matter how, how much you try. I mean, you probably read a lot of them, I bet. <laughs> so true, so true. We're averaging a book a day, but... I read a lot of fiction over nonfiction lately. A book a day is is amazing, and I salute you for that. <laughs> what would you tell someone who's just starting out with reading again? Just starting out with reading again. Wow. Um, well, maybe go to the library. Talk to the librarian. Tell them what you are interested in, get suggestions, and uh, hopefully they'll find something that makes you want to finish the book and read another book. Because it, I think once you take that first step and you realize how a book can transport you to another place, another time. Um, you know, I used to read books as escapes. You know, I'd be hard working hard, taking care of a lot of really sick and tragic patients. And I'd want to read a book that, to go someplace different when I wasn't working. Uh, and books can do that for you. And, uh, and librarians, now that people are back going to the library, are an incredible resource. And bookstores, independent bookstores where you can talk to the people that run them and they most of them are very knowledgeable about what's what's out there right now. It doesn't have to be the latest thing on the New York Times bestseller list. Like I say, when the pandemic hit, I just went into our library and just started one end and just started reading through and found some books that I didn't expect to read. So true. I love that you brought up libraries. They're not brought up a lot and they're very, they tend to be very underutilized. Well, we have wonderful libraries where we are, and, and um, people can get ebooks without even, they don't even have to go to the library. They can just download ebooks from the library, and, and, uh, and, and they're very generous with the time allotments and, and uh, very helpful. My, my four year old grandson goes there every week and, and gets a bag full of books, and, and it's just the highlight of his week. I, I hope he'll continue to, be, to love books as he gets older. So true. I love that. 
on the other side of that, what would you tell someone who's just starting out to write their own book? Mm. I would suggest that they look for some classic books on writing. You know, there are books on writing novels. There are books on writing memoirs. So decide what they want to write. Read some really good books. Um, if they're writing a memoir, Lisa Dale Norton's Shimmering uh, Images is a great book. Um, there are more books on writing novels than I can, can count. Um, so there's a craft writing. You know, I think uh, a lot of people that are thinking about writing a book probably have something they want to say, but maybe don't have the tools to say it yet. And so I think learning that craft is important. But they don't have to wait to do that to start writing. And I think they can get up and they can pick a time of day every day and write for a period of time. Um, I can't remember where I read it, but I think I read one time that Stephen King has a little hut out behind his main house. And every day he goes out there with a pot of tea and writes. And, and just that's why he has written so much. <laughs> he sets aside hours a day to write and he does it. So, and if you write a page, that's a major accomplishment. It's uh, you know, 200 words, two pages, four or 500 words. You do that for a year and you've got a book. You just have to keep doing it. It adds up. So true. So true. What's one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? Ooh. Well, I grew up in a small town. Oh, you want one thing. Okay. Um, I'm an Italian citizen. I'm a, uh, my grandfather came from Italy, and I learned that Italian law allowed me to become an Italian citizen if I did the right paperwork. So during the pandemic, I did that paperwork, involved lots of reaching out to different administrations and cities all over the United States and Italy and put all the paperwork together and sent it to Rome. And they sent me an email and said, you are now an Italian citizen. Of course, I'm a U.S. citizen, but now I'm a dual citizen. So that was a challenge. Uh, and I just thought, well, why not? Uh, let, let's let's do it. I had time and, and uh, um, I just had to figure out how to do it. I love that. That's super cool. <laughs> um, is there anything else you would like to say or add? Anything else? Well, I would like um, I would like people to read my books and to tell others because I'm, you know, I, we have to promote our, our, our books. We have to ask other people to help us promote them. Uh, they don't just show up on in the New York Times. Uh, most of my readers have been in the Southeast in the United States. And since you're in a different part of the country, I hope that your listeners and, and others that, that, that know you will, will discover me and, uh, and, and read one of my books and then decide they want to read another. Uh, so, and that's one of the reasons I reached out to you about this podcast is I, I wanted to talk to people about my writing. I think there are 
um, important messages in my writing. Uh, I don't think that they are, um, I, I think that they are immersed in a, a mystery that's engaging enough that hopefully they get to the end of the book and say, wow, that was a good read. And they say, hmm, there was a theme in there too. Um, I love that. Where's the best place for readers to find your book? I know some readers love signed copies. Is that an option? And the best place that they can connect with you? Okay. The best place to find my books is on my website. And that's very easy. It's just markanthonypowers.com. Uh, and all three currently published books are, are on there. Uh, they can order them through them on Amazon and uh, the first two on Barnes and Noble, uh, Ingram and Ingram Spark. Uh, there, the third one is only available on Amazon so far, but in a month or so, it'll be on the other platforms. Um, they can contact me through that website as well. Uh, if they want to send me a book to sign, I'd be happy to do it. Um, I right now have um, only one planned book signing. Um, so far, I'm going to do a, um, a book club in New from somebody in New Orleans um, next month. Uh, I'm interested in doing book clubs if people want to. I've done another book club um, that was local here, and I have um, had a launch party for a swarm in May that was local here. That uh, was on Zoom also uh, because it was after right at the height of the pandemic. Uh, so I'm plenty happy to talk to people about my books. Uh, it's great when they've read it and can ask questions about them. Uh, love to discuss it. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it and love all the insight you gave. And thank you again so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Enjoy it. Thank you.